Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Mario is the real Mario, right? And Wario is the, uh, the, the, the poor manufacturing, the fake, that has all the outward characteristics, but his core essence actually isn't Mario. He's not Mario, right? All right. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. Today we're going through Romans chapter 9, yes. verses 6 to 13. And I'm excited to do this. We were chatting a little bit beforehand. And uh, these are passages that I haven't spent a lot of time in before. So if you're like me, here's the thing. Read it. You should totally go read this one. <laughs> go check it out. Write down a few notes. You got some questions? Let us know below. Yeah. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe so you can get your daily dose of the move. And we've been loving the comments you've been leaving. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, awesome comments. Awesome comments. And just, uh, yeah, keep doing it. Cool. With that said, 10 minutes are on the clock in three, two, one. Let's go. I'm looking to you, buddy. Where are we going with this? Great first line. <laughs> but it is not as though the word of God has failed. The reason why we would think that the word of God has failed is because the very people who were given That's the right. word of God are now outside the camp. As That's it were. right. They're no longer the absolute children of God, but they are, in a certain respect, the rejected adoptees. Yeah, because they haven't received the Messiah. Because mm -hmm. like we noticed, to the Greeks or to the Gentiles, they say, what are you you're telling us that a man rose from the dead? <laughs> right? <laughs> like they scoff at that, right? And then the Jews, and it's the Jews who actually received all the oracles, they received the covenants, to them was the so promise. If the, the Jews law. were paying attention, the thing that they find absurd that God Himself would be in a body of a man that would be crucified and killed and shamed and ridiculed. If they had paid attention and yeah. read the text, they yeah. would have been able to say, Oh, no, we should have expected that. Yeah. But they didn't, right? Yeah. For they, they rejected him, and that's why they actually put him on a tree, because they did not believe him to be who he claimed to be. But Paul is saying, listen, I'm speaking the truth in Christ here, verse 1, 
verse six, it's not as though the word of God failed. Mm -mm. And then this line for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. What? Yeah, this is an interesting idea here that the children of whoever that person may be, whoever the parent is, might not actually in spirit be the children of that said person. And not only in spirit, because I think when you and I say in spirit, we mean something along the lines of in sentimentality. Correct. And in honoring the virtues and like the ethos of the Mm -hmm. family, right? That's why we have black sheeps. It's important to get this uh, in the spirit because this is language that we're seeing all throughout Romans. So you're, you're drawing a distinction. What's a better way to describe this? No, I think this is the best way to describe this. I think that here, look, can I get theologically nerdy for a quick second? Go for it. All right. You want to so, borrow my glasses? Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> I was like, I should put on his glasses. That's so funny. I was actually thinking that. So this is a point of ontology. Okay. Right? This is a point of uh, the, being. The study of being. The study of being. Of versus what? epistemology versus how you come to know yeah, yeah. that something is. Study of knowledge, right? So that ontology is this, this question of what is the thing. No, what, no, 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 no. What is? What is? Yeah, not even thing. Right, yeah, what right. is, right? Or even like what is the is of is, right? Yeah. But so this question of ontology is saying that just because you descended from Abraham in the flesh doesn't mean you are. At the core of it. Yeah, I think is. Mm-hmm. You are, is. You are not children of the promise. And, and this is, you know, furthermore, this is later on and in other passages. It is to the children of the promise that all of these things actually belong to. It is not the children of the flesh. So there's an ontological difference. There is a difference of being. And what Paul has already argued is that the difference of being goes through one man. His mm. name is Jesus. Yeah. He came in the flesh, but is resurrected in spirit. You see the ontological difference right there. Uh-huh. Flesh, spirit. In like manner, you and I have the privilege to participate in the death of flesh, the ontology mm-hmm. of death, and resurrect by faith with him in the reality of spirit. And how do you and I know that we are ontologically different, that we are intrinsically different? When we have the spirit. We got the spirit. Uh, for if, if that didn't make sense to those of you listening, which I'm sure that there are a handful of those, is it too dissimilar like the TV show where there's the parents in the kitchen and the kid does something stupid, comes home with the grade, you know, the report card that's less than what it should have been. And the, and the, the, the mom says, that's not my child, that's your child. <laughs> I think that's a clever way of putting it. I'd, I'd have to, if I had to reduce it to something, it's something like the difference between Mario and Wario. Okay. Right? You know, Mario is the real Mario, right? And Wario is the, uh, the, the, the poor manufacturing, the fake, that has all the outward characteristics, but his core essence actually isn't Mario. He's not Mario, right? And we're ref- referring to like, literally Mario from Nintendo, right? <laughs> that's not a spiritual yeah, overtone. It's Mario and Wario. So, so in the sense that you might be a descendant of Christ in the sense that you grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. But you might not actually be a Christian or a follower or an actual child of yeah. Christ in the sense that you have fully given your life over and fully committed. There's yeah. a difference between those yeah. two. Yeah, so you were selected to be the sort of people that lived in the fullness of 
Mario. Yes. Right? And, and those people who live in that full expression and, and live in the spirit of that thing are, in fact, the true children yeah, of God. Yeah. And if you don't have the spirit, the rest of y'all are still Warios. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hopefully right? that made sense. Hopefully that made sense. So that then he's saying that, listen, verse 8. Oh, no, verse 7. Not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, this right. thing of flesh. Mm-hmm. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So that Paul's already setting it up. Listen, Abraham had two prominent children in his story, right? Mm-hmm. He has Ishmael with Hagar, mm-hmm. and he has Isaac with Sarah. So what is Paul saying? It is only through one of those children that the promise and spirit is actually named, even though the other one is his child in the flesh. Yeah. So that the flesh doesn't actually count for anything when it comes to the promise. Yeah. He goes on to explain that more uh, in verse 11. Though they were not yet born, they'd neither done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Um, So when I hear these kinds of passages, the idea that God has chosen certain people versus not choosing other people, my immediate response, and that's even like presently, is one of fear. Yeah, and I think this is a very true theological reality given some of, all right, it's just a theological thing that's out there. There are those who believe that God has chosen a group of people to be saved, and then anybody who he hasn't chosen, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the world is like, <laughs> it's going to be hot for you, sorry. Right. Right? And, and to hear this language that God can do that seemingly arbitrarily, yeah. it, causes fear in me in that well which one am i am i and and i think that that's a sad sad sort of conclusion Mm -hmm. to a convoluted and often confusing theological uh conversation so to put that plainly you and i don't view god in that way no and particularly after doing the move more so i'm completely affirmed in what I suspected before, right? (laughs) Which is that the book itself, the book of Romans, isn't concerned primarily with the theological categories. Of who's saved and who's not saved. Of who's saved, who's that. Like this, this, when we do it in in the theological sense, and what I mean by that is questions of unconditional, uh, 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 what am I thinking here? Um, Total depravity or unconditional election or limited atonement or irresistible grace, if some of y'all might know what I'm referring to, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, five point Calvinism or things like Arminianism with like, well, it's conditional election because of the power of the will. Right. right? And the philosophical nuancing of these things. And, And those are good conversations to have. But that's not Paul's point. That's not. His point here seems to be the history of the people of Israel and how they're living up to the historical trajectory that they were given all the way back in Abraham, not because of who he was in the flesh, but because he believed the promise. Mm-hmm. So Paul's just saying, listen, do y'all believe the promise or not? Because that's the gateway into spiritual adoption. And if you believe the promise, that is the evidence that you've been adopted. adopted. That is the evidence that God has predestined you or selected you. Exactly. For this and the thing is that not everybody was Genesis 12. God literally chose one man. His yeah. name was Abraham. Mm-hmm. But through that one man, he was going to bless the whole world. Mm-hmm. So for us on the other side of Abraham and for us on the other side of Christ, we all have the opportunity to be sons and daughters through spirit if we believe. Yes. We don't have to fear the language here that Paul's using because the language he's using is not about 
you and I and our conditional or unconditional mm. election, the language that Paul is using here is a language that, listen, something has come through spirit. Yeah. And if you believe in what has come through spirit, what was foreseen in spirit is yours. You know, and, and I think about this is that, you know, um, every time that we take a passage and then we simply apply it to us, we've probably missed the boat because yeah. scripture is not primarily about you and I. Yes. Scripture is primarily about the Father. Yeah. And so it's through that lens we need to look at it. It's not that, oh, I've been selected or you have not been selected yeah. or whatever the case is. Uh. It's, it's revealing God. Yeah, yeah. And Paul has this great historical argument that he's making all the way back from Romans chapter one. And I think that as we follow the historical argument that he's making, the real realities that he's alluding to all of a sudden have, pardon the pun here, but they have flesh yeah. to them, right? Where he's saying that, listen, if you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and you see that through the vindication of spirit, he is who God says he is, you and I are participants in that reality if we receive the truth historically through the story of Israel and in reality through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Or to use the language here, your children. Your children. Your children. There you go. Ten minutes. Those go by fast. Yeah, I man. think we're gonna have to come back to half of this. Yeah. So let's do that. All right. We'll, we'll see, see you in the you next time.